0: What's going on, guys? It's Jesse Lee Ward. You can also call me Boss Lee, and I'm super fired up to be doing this first episode of the podcast with you. I do believe this will probably be called the People's Mentor Podcast, because that's what I do. So a little bit of backstory on me. 29 years old, was born and raised in Maryland. We'll definitely talk that, about that a little bit here on this uh, on this podcast, but 29 years ago, so November 1st, 1988. I don't know if there's any Scorpios out there. My moons are in Leo, so I'm a little bit of a wild child. But what can I say? So we'll definitely get into uh, who I am. But you should know that I have now built three multi million dollar a year businesses. Uh, lots online, but I've also done it in person, and I am just full of tips for all of you. So I'm definitely a little bit different. I'm pretty loud. I'm pretty excited. I'm very energetic, and I am fired up to do this. There's really no other way around it. So I have built on social media. If you've seen me, I am a bit of a unicorn. I am a bit out there. I am a little bit loud. I have dominated social media on Facebook as my main platform by using Facebook lives. And I kind of realized like, dude, you know what the problem is? The problem here is that nobody is really watching Facebook lives anymore. We're all listening to podcasts. And I was like, I of all people recommend podcasts all day, every day to people. Why don't I have one? So um, I'm going to walk you through my my childhood though a little bit and kind of give you some background and perspective on who I am as a person because I think a lot of you are wondering. So let's get going. So like I said, November 1st, 1988 was born in, uh, in Shady Grove Hospital in I don't know where that is somewhere in Maryland and came out screaming according to my mother. So it was always loud was always out there. And I was actually the third of four children and I'm a very typical middle child. Um, and I've always had the need to kind of prove myself right in this world. And so my two older siblings are super quiet, super, super introverted. And then I came. So my mom really didn't know how to handle me. And we will definitely gonna through all of this. What can I say? My childhood was not easy. And I think that that is um, a really main factor into why I am as successful as I am today. So if you are somebody who you feel like the world is not serving you currently, I think it's a blessing. I think it's good that things aren't easy for you. I think it's not supposed to be easy. If it was supposed to be easy, you know, well, then everybody would be good. And then what would good be? So not an average person. Um, grew up in, um, in, a, in a small, small town, little country town in Maryland, Middletown, Maryland, if anybody is from there. What's up? I have no attachment whatsoever to that location. But what can I say? Um, it, was actually a, it was actually a pretty wealthy town um, with the exception of um, some farm families. And then I was actually one of the families who just really didn't have a lot. So this ended up being a huge blessing actually. Um, By not having a lot, I got to work at a super young age. So one of my earliest sort of entrepreneurial endeavors uh, was actually a vegetable stand. So produce is expensive, obviously, and so something that we always did in my family was we had a giant garden. So I was not much of a green thumb, but I would totally pick the vegetables. uh, Green peppers, tomatoes, peas, all that good stuff. And uh, I had a little vegetable stand. So didn't have a lemonade stand, definitely had a vegetable stand, and definitely sold to the neighbors, right? I don't know if we can relate to that, but um, that was kind of, that's like my first thing I remember. I also remember being like the bomb com, um Girl Scout. I don't remember the troop number. I'm just kidding. I totally do. It was 1096. And I remember uh, really wanting to have this wolf. So if you've ever Been a Girl Scout. When you sell Girl Scout cookies, there are prizes. Like there was a prize catalog. And I remember either wanting a clear phone, if you remember in the 90s, there were like telephones that you plug into the wall. I know those are, like, ancient history now, okay? But we had them, and there were there were clear ones. Like, you could see all the mechanics inside. So it was between that and a wolf. And it looked like this giant wolf statue. Now, the great irony is that wolves are actually some of my favorite animals now, but I didn't know that as a little, like, 8-year-old girl. All I knew was I wanted this wolf, okay? So I had to sell, like, 4 million boxes of cookies. I still remember that cookies were $2.50 a box. Now they're, like, $6 a box. What is going on, Girl Scouts of America? I don't know about inflation. I don't think it's that high, but whatever. Um, uh, so anyway, <laughs> long story short, oh, I have a bit of a personality if you can't figure that out. I wanted this wolf, man. I decided on the wolf, didn't decide on the phone, and I sold so many boxes. You better believe, man, I got that wolf. Now, my first bit of sales disappointment. I do remember the wolf came, ended up being about an inch and a half long. I thought it was this giant wolf statue that I would be able to like put in the front of my home or something like that as a kid. Didn't work out that way, but I definitely knew I probably had uh, some some sales acumen that maybe a lot of people didn't have. So that was pretty cool. Now I Um, I was a daddy's girl. I don't know if anybody else can relate. I loved my dad. I was super close to him. Uh, thought he could really do no wrong. And, um, the interesting part of all of that was that at, uh, at nine years old, here's when it kind of probably starts to get real in my story is, um, I sent my dad to jail when I was nine years old. So I still remember, um, he, I watched him try to kill my mom. So uh, super violent household occasionally, never violent towards me, um, but I watched him throw my mom against a wall, and it got really physical. And so I was the one at nine years old who actually called the cops on my dad. And I really don't say that for any sympathy, so please don't think I do, uh, because I think it absolutely is one of the fundamental things that turned me into Jesse Lee, like 100%, no doubt about it. It was a leadership move that I don't think any nine-year-old should have to make, Um, but my dad went to prison, um, and I immediately basically disconnected contact from him, um, was told he was evil, you know, etc., and just kind of started to believe it. I was nine years old. I still have vivid memories of like taking his shirts out of the bottom drawer of his dresser when uh, my mom was cleaning stuff out and sleeping in his shirts and smelling his clothes and just missing my dad, and So I did not have a father figure um, um, at all in my life until uh, my grandparents kind of intervened. So if you know me at all, and a lot of you do and a lot of you don't, um, I was raised by my grandparents effectively. So my mom was in the house. It's not like she didn't come home. It's not like she like had a drug habit or something, nothing like that. We just never had money right? Like we never had money and we struggled a lot. And my grandparents came in at a time where we were the three youngest grandkids in the house. Um, my sister was already out of the house at this time, my older sister. So there were three of us left in the house, my older brother, my little brother and myself, and they became everything to me. Um, I was actually named after my Nana. So my Nana's name is Jessie Netta and I am Jessie Lee. Lee is also my mom, is actually my mom's first name in case you're wondering why it's not just Jessie. What can I say? So uh, my Nana really took over. My granddad became the father figure, but he was not interested in being a dad again. He had six kids of his own. He was done. He was in his 80s already at that point. Um, But Nana really kind of swept in, took me under her wing, and I was like her main girl. Um, Everyone in the family knew I was her favorite. Everyone knew I was her favorite. It was like no secret. But she really, um, she like saved my life guys. So I know it might sound kind of like dramatic or whatever, but it's really true. And she was my everything. I would do anything for her. I never wanted to disappoint her. I did everything to make her proud. Um, I learned so many life lessons from her, which you're definitely going to get throughout this podcast. So many even business tips that she was not a businesswoman, but accidentally, you know, they've transpired into business things. Um, but even then things with my granddad. Like I remember being three years old and walking into the basement of my grand of my grandparents' house and my granddad was working. He was always working and he was in his 80s. And I looked at my granddad, I put my hands on my little hips, and I just said, Granddaddy, all you do is look, look, look. And I remember him looking up at me, down at me, and he said, Jesse Lee, one of these days you'll understand why. And I feel like he instilled that work ethic in me from such a young age. So we didn't have much, but it didn't really matter. We were totally in poverty uh, when my mom made the decision after I sent my dad to jail. We kicked him out of my life. Dad comes full circle, by the way. Dad and I are cool as can be. We cute as cucumbers. Um, But my mom married this total Idiot. I almost cursed and I don't even curse, man. Um, piece of trash, just garbage, in my opinion, human being. He was absolutely physical with me. He was physical with my brothers. I remember he split the back of my older brother's head open on a wall. My mom didn't get rid of him. I mean, it was out of control in the household. And again, it became a Jesse Lee Independence thing. So I was super, super into leading the family. I was very much so fine. You don't want to be an adult. I'm gonna be an adult. Um, and I to say that's the best way to be in a leadership role, you know, forced as, you know, a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old kid. Uh, But that's totally what happened. My brother, my older brother, super introverted. My little brother, just way too young, three years younger than me. Um, You know, the household was not good. He was extremely physical with my mom. Um, What what I thought I saw at nine years old of my dad trying to kill my mom was nothing compared to this psychopath. Um, But my mom bailed him out of jail multiple times and spent all of the family's money that we had emptied her retirement accounts. um, and we were broke. I'm talking like couldn't go on field trips broke. I'm talking, couldn't do anything broke. I'm talking, you don't ask for $20 broke. I'm talking, you were just going to sit in the cafeteria and read books while everybody else is doing fun stuff because we don't have it kind of broke. And again, my grandparents came in and always saved the day. So, um, I was always very creative. If I talk quickly, at least I know I enunciate, um, that's from Nana. (laughs) Uh, but I was just was, I was always into academics, and then I was always into music. I needed some kind of creative outlet, and I was a chubby little kid, chubby chubby little kid. Never did any sports. Played softball for like an hour and was terrible because you had to run. I was like, dude, I don't run. It's a nerve for me. Did you get it? Run R U N. Spell it backwards. N U R. nerf. It's a nerve for me. Um, and I got really good at clarinet. So Nana would send me to private lessons she would she had me in every church choir, handbell choirs. I was in church four days a week try because Nana was trying to provide some kind of stability in my life and it was music 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 mucus mucus music 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 academics academics, academics, and all I wanted to do was make Nana proud. Um, I would go to her house at least three days a week. Um, I could even take the school bus there. They ended up buying a house in our town so that I didn't have to go down to uh, a neighboring county or anything like that to be around them. And they just, they were everything. I know I'll end up talking about Nana all the time on this podcast, but she was the bomb dat cam. So my older brother super close to granddad. I was Nana's girl, and we just we rocked and rolled. So I ended up going to college. We're kind of like skipping through a lot of stuff, I know, but like we gotta get to a point here, right? Right. So, ended up going to college. I had a full academic ride, and I uh, I started as a business major. So. Um, I was a business major, switched to a music major, switched to undecided, switched to communications, stayed in communications, graduated top of my class, 4.0, to cum laude from Hunter College with uh, degrees in mass communications and marketing and minors in women's studies and political science. So I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm kind of smart, but I try to be goofy because I like to have a personality. Um, And it was, it's interesting because people go, oh, well, do you, do, do you use your degree? And I'm like, you know. I don't know. (laughs) Like To a certain extent, sure, but I've always just kind of had that creative, really fast mind. Um, I've always thought that women are the bomb. I've always thought that I was was not average. I always thought that I was destined for some kind of greatness. I always connected to adults more than I connected to people my own age. I always saw a vision of something bigger and better. Um, I know what it's like to be poor. I know I don't want to be poor ever again. I know that it's hard to work hard, but it's way harder to be broke. I'd rather be you guys, I'd rather be sad sitting in my Range Rover than sad sitting in a tent. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I like to camp actually, that's a bad example. But like, I just, I know what it's like to struggle. And so when people are like, do you really know what it's like to, th-? I'm like, yes, I know what it's like, man. I can relate. And so you're choosing your hard. Quit choosing your hard. Pick a different hard. So, graduated from college. Like I said, um, don't really know if I necessarily use my degrees, but I'll tell you in college, I learned a few things. Um, I learned how to procrastinate really well actually like procrastination. We can definitely talk about that on this podcast. Uh, but I also learned that relationships are everything. So I created some really great friendships, relationships, communication, became a very strong, strong skill set of mine, um, not only with professors, but also with students alike. Um, I Again, I really connected very closely with some of my professors who I still email in text message and Instagram and even Facebook message to this day. Uh, because I think that relationships are key in, 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 uh, in this millennia, you know, I think, people think that you've got to go to college and you've got to get a degree to make money. BS, I think people think you've got to be, you know, super, super smart to get what you want. Not true. It's people. It's who you know. It's how you make people feel. It's how you make make an impact on people. It's, guys, you're not going to remember what I say on here. You're going to remember how I make you feel. You're going to be like, she made me laugh. She's, she makes funny noises. She's goofy. Whatever. Okay? Like, that is going to have the impact. And I definitely learned that in college. Uh, also le- learned some negotiation skills in college. Also have some awesome stories about firing professors, getting professors fired in college. um, And also worked three jobs in college. So it was really one of my first experiences of you've got to hustle. Um, Hunter College is where I went to college, like I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, It's in New York City. So 68th and Lexington Street is the college I went to. And it was awesome. But New York City is expensive. So I actually waited tables in Times Square. Made a lot of money. Um... I sold massage chairs at a Brookstone on fifth Avenue, made a lot of money. And then I was a nanny. So I have a soft spot for some babies, but it was all at the same time that I carried 18 course credits or whatever they're called, um, a semester. Cause I wanted to graduate early. So ended up graduating right on time, <laughs> but, um, didn't even walk. Graduation, took a trip to Argentina, which I should have known was like a <sighs> Should've known it was like kind of gonna be the like where my life was gonna go. I am since then a huge travel bug, will take a trip anywhere, am all about experiences over things. Um, and got a job out of college. So went to Argentina, actually has a college graduation gift from from one of my aunts and uncles, and got back and had a job in a pathology lab. So I was a research assistant. I worked behind a desk, 8 to 5, like most of you might do. Um, I had the 401k. I had the benefits. I had whatever all that garbage is that you guys think is stability. And uh, what I actually realized was, you know, I I didn't really have stability. What I had was... um, I don't know. I was tied. I had golden handcuffs and I hated what I did. I would go home every day and be bored and upset and tired and exhausted and unfulfilled. And I thought to myself, my God, like this cannot be adulthood. Like I think so many of you do that. I think so many of you sit there at home every day of your life and you kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, is this really what life is all about? And that was me at 22. So, um, like I said, I've never thought I was average. I never thought I was normal. I never thought that I was just like everybody else. I knew I was weird and I kind of like it that way. I really like it that way, actually. <laughs> and I knew there had to be something else out there. So um, my mom, actually, of all people, and my mom in my relationship, that's definitely a tale for another day. We'll get into for, if you, for vulnerability purposes. I'm sure you want to hear it. But um, I was living in her basement, and rent was $300 a month. And I couldn't pay it. I had this, you know, job in a pathology lab making like fifty-five grand a year right outside of DC, which didn't get me much anywhere. And she asked me for the money and I was so embarrassed. And I told her, I don't have it. And she said, Well then Jesse Lee, you better get you better start one of those at-home businesses. And I was like, What, like Avon? <laughs> and uh, she's like, "Yeah, like Avon, like something like that." Da, da, da. And I was like, "This is stupid." <sighs> Whatever. Go downstairs, get on Google, open my first credit card. All I could get approved for was a five hundred dollars limit. Bought a kit for our company. Uh, three hundred ten dollars is what I swiped it for. I still remember, and I still remember thinking to myself, "Okay, I have a month to pay this back because then there's no interest on it. So all I really need to do is make three hundred ten dollars back, make an extra three hundred dollars to pay my mom rent, and then we're good to go, and she'll leave me alone." Well. Instead of that happening, uh, I became an animal. I became a monster. I became an absolute beast. Um, broke a million rules. Didn't read compensation plan. Didn't read policies and procedures. Didn't follow anybody's rules. Went total crazy. Jesse Lee, let's go, go, go. Um, and I I shot to the top of the company. Um, rocketed to cr- like smash every record for Rookie of the Year. Pro- like... Threw myself into crazy full-blown momentum, all the advisory boards, all the trips, all the cars, all the everything, one, all of the things. Company goes out of business. <laughs> so fun. Uh, they were acquired by another company that I wanted to have nothing to do with, but was too young and too dumb to realize at 24 years old: you have options, child. And so I went into, uh, 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 I was acquired and I just didn't question it really. Did some negotiations, negotiations, which was kind of cool, um, and was able to get some some good things for the whole company that was acquired, um, and body slam to the next company so became a um, became top earner again in this next company built a multi-million dollar a year team over there and that was in a direct sales company actually so this was very belly to belly this was six nights a week in people's homes this was meetings phone calls three-way calls um, you know meetings all the time events all the time parties all the time hostess coaching all of that garbage that comes with car becomes a party plan these women who it's so much fun. You are not even having fun, okay? You're you're staying up until two in the morning, impacting your family negatively, thinking you're making all kinds of money. Check yo ten ninety nine fool. Like check your bank account, okay? Like i 'm not even trying to be rude i 'm getting sassy already. I can feel it. Oh, I better pipe down you 're going you 're getting home at two in the morning after stopping by taco bell you 're getting all kinds of fat okay now i 'm even telling more of my story. got so fat y 'all I looked like some kind of water buffalo it, it went out, it was not even cute okay I am short i am I, I put on muscle and fat very easily, okay, and I looked not so good okay and i 'm sassy and i 'm spicy and i 'm like i 'm mm, out there, and so it was not good for me personally to not be an attractive woman anymore so Um, whatever. I digress. Got terminated. Long story short. We can get into that someday on the podcast too. Terminated from the company, mainly because, um, I'll never forget this. This is actually a really important part of my story that I tell you, but I'll never forget his name. And I won't, I'll tell you his first name. His name's Chris. So Chris messages me on Facebook and I used to get messaged all of the time on Facebook from people trying to recruit me. Still do actually, but I digress. Um, so Chris messages me and he says, so Jesse Lee, you always post your numbers of your team on your Facebook and, you know, I don't think you understand, but you need to, you know, I know you're never going to join my team and my company, but I really think you should plug your numbers into any network marketing company in the entire world. I'm like, fool, what are you talking about? Like, get out of here. I was in Chicago on a really janky, really janky, like really ghetto, did not feed us, took us bowling, you got to bowl one game, fed us spinach artichoke dip thinking it's some kind of fancy. What are you talking about? Ghetto. Give us $200 for a shopping spree. I can't, what, kind, what, are we, uh, uh, are we having a shopping spree at the Dollar Tree? Like, come on now, man. Anyway. Uh, so I'm in a hotel lobby in downtown Chicago, Illinois, and I plug my numbers into the only network marketing company I knew at the time, which I'm not going to give them a shout out because I think they have pretty bad products, but you wrap your body with some cellophane and whatever, and then apparently you lose weight. No, you don't. Uh, but whatever. So, um, and I sunk in a corner and I cried. (laughs) I had never realized that I was being robbed, essentially. No one had ever really shown me the numbers like that. Nobody had shown me, like, smacked me across the face. And the only way I can really explain the emotions is if, like, you're in a relationship. Let's say you're in, like, a long-term re- Let's say it's a marriage. Let's say you're in a marriage, and you, you tell your husband or your wife that you want to do, like, some really freaky thing. Like, there's, like, some freaky fantasy that you really want to do. And your, your partner's like, never, no, like, no. Never gonna do that. Like, I'm not into it, I'm not into it. And you're like, fine. And you just, like, ignore it. And then one day, you walk in on your partner doing that freak thing with some other person, and it's not you. And your whole, like, you can try to forgive, but you are never going to forget what you saw. I could never forget what I saw. I should have been making, I shouldn't have been making six figures a year. I should have been making six figures a month. And I wasn't. And, uh... It was a very eye-opening experience. I get, a, I get a phone call from our CEO. He calls me. He says, you're not happy. You're terminated as my corporate trainer. I'm like, what? Fine. Week later, I'm terminated. I joined my first network marketing company. Become the number one money earner. 22 months in. Terminated again. Whew. Can't really talk about that one right now. We've got an open lawsuit. I'm suing them right now for a lot of money. So I got to kind of stay hush-hush on that. Um, but I'm currently building another multi-million dollar a month organization. So... Um, It's been a heck of a ride, man. That's seven years since I entered this whole sales space. And if there's anything I can tell you, I can tell you a lot. But I can tell you consistency should be your number one thing. If you're not where you want to be, it is only your fault. Like, you cannot sit there and blame anybody else for your misfortunes, for your failures, for your successes even, right? And if you're going to take credit for your success, then you better start taking credit for your failures and vice versa, Okay, if you're going to say you're super good at whatever, great. You're also super bad at a lot of stuff, right? We all are. It's part of the human condition, okay? Own your successes, own your failures, and be consistent in whatever you're doing. There's a reason I follow lists. There's a reason I do what I say I'm going to do. There's a reason I always show up. There's a reason I do the things that I tell people I'm going to do because I don't want you looking at me and going, ah, Hmm. She said she's going to do something, but she doesn't do it. I will always do what I say I'm going to do. I will always show up. I will always be somebody you can guarantee is going to be there when they say they're going to be there. I don't let people outperform me. I don't let people outproduce me. I don't let people tell me how I'm going to run my life. I decide that. Okay. Okay. Hmm. That felt nice. It's kind of weird doing this with no video, but I kind of dig it. (laughs) thing is you got to focus on relationships I already talked about this a minute ago but I'm telling you if you want to get anywhere in this life it is relationships it is relationships it is relationships it is relationships you cannot get where you want to go without people some of you think you can be rude to people all the time and get what you want where you want to go no be a good person and don't just tell people you're a good person I don't care if you adopted 19 kids you can still be evil fool people go oh money can change people money does not change anybody money amplifies who you are Okay, if you're a good person, you're a good person. If you're a bad person, you're a bad person. It does not matter, okay? The cat is still a cat. The dog is still a dog. The devil's still a devil, okay? And the devil's a liar. So you got to focus on relationships with people. You need to get in people's hearts and out of your head, out of your head, into your heart, into their heart. That is like the biggest key I can give you. The reason I've been so successful, I can touch the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people as effectively as I can is because I listen, And not only do I listen, but I care. And I know it sounds kind of weird saying that as somebody who's on a podcast, just talking to herself right now, but guys, you better get to know people. You better get to know the names of the families and of the children and of the things that matter to these people. You know, I was listening to you last night. I was listening to somebody on our team talking and I watched this live on her for no reason other than she started talking about her life with her daughter. So now I know that her favorite kind of chocolate is lint white chocolate. So when this girl hits some kind of promotion, who do you think is going to send her some lint white chocolate? Me. Okay. You've got to listen to these kinds of things. You got to pour into people. You got to care more about them than about yourself because ultimately it's a Zig Ziglar quote. We all know it. Okay, if you want things out of your life, you got to give more people everything they want out of their lives And i'm telling you my success as a multi-million dollar earner has nothing to do with anything that has to do with me It has everything to do with the people that I impact It has to do with the way I make people feel has to do with the way I make people think about themselves Has to be about the way I make people believe in themselves has nothing to do with me You're not gonna hear me say my team my this my money my house my cars My 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 my." it is our it is we it is us. Okay, it is always included because I'm not delusional. You don't make multi millions of dollars by, by yourself can you outsell me? No, probably not. Can you out recruit me? No, probably not. Okay. Can you outbuild the way? No, you really probably cannot. Okay. But can we do it together? Can we build something together? Can we make an impact? Can we leave a legacy? Yes. And so you see these people get all high and mighty and cocky and egotistical and whatever the heck it is they're doing. I'm like, look in a mirror, man. You're still a human. You're still mortal. Why the heck do you think you got it all going on? I don't think you're all that in a bag of chips. Okay. If my life has taught me anything, it's that we are all human. We are all mortal. Okay, sometimes I'm like, "Girl, you might be a demigoddess. I don't really know." And then I remember I'm actually still human. I still bleed, okay? I still bleed, <laughs> All right? And you've got to remember that sometimes you see people walking around acting like they're better than everybody else, you're not. And you need people. Even big CEOs of companies, they don't become big CEOs of companies without people, without customers. Okay, people go, oh, I'm the boss and the boss and the boss. Look, my nickname is Bossly. It will always be Bossly. But you got to realize you can't just have stores. You got to have customers. You got to have people. You got to have people that you are impacting positively. It's not a transactional thing. It's an impact thing, baby. Okay, moving right along. It's so all about love, if you ask me. It's about loving harder. It's about caring more. It's about pouring compassion into people. It's about doing the extra step that makes people go, "Ah, oh, Jessie Lee, girl, and I love okay it's about waking up early going to bed late it is 117 in the morning right now do you think i wanted to be doing this right now no but i said i was going to because a whole bunch of people that i love and a whole bunch of people i care about told me hey we want to hear from you more often just from our cell phone pocket i want to hear you in my headphones i'm like all right i love you i appreciate you i'm gonna do it for you Okay, so that's what this is about. This is really, this is a, this is a love movement, baby. Okay, and I'm working on my feminine energy. I really am. Okay, I know I have some masculine energy, but you know I'm working on it. But there's nothing but love, baby. Okay, and then my final tip for the night, because I don't want to go on for another hundred hours on my first podcast ever. And if you're enjoying this, you know, make sure you rate it. Make sure you share it with a friend. Make sure you tell somebody about this. You know, there's gonna be an insane amount of value from Jesse Lee Ward. Okay, you know what's coming. It's already here. We've already arrived. But it's just be you. Like guys, I'm weird. Okay, my hair color changes every eight weeks. You never know what it's gonna look like. Sometimes I shave my head. Sometimes I wear ridiculous outfits. Sometimes I I'm like in I don't even know how to explain this. I'm loud. I have so many catchphrases. It's ridiculous. I yell stuff like bang bang all the time. I say stuff like blago all the time. I do ridiculous lives. I make funny faces like I think I'm some kind of descendant of Jim Carrey. I'm a comedian half the time. I don't even know it. Okay, I say silly things like hey, if it makes sense, it makes dollars. Okay, if it makes sense, makes. All right. I say things all the time that just come spewing out of me. And some people might think it's weird. And you know what, guys, it might be weird. Okay, but this is me. And the only thing I know how to do is be me. And the world needs more of you. Okay, the reason I'm so successful is because I haven't been trying to be anybody else. I haven't tried to fit in any kind of mold. I haven't tried to be anything except for Jesse Lee. And I've been like that forever. And I don't know where the confidence comes from. I just know that if you want to be confident, kick the people out of your life who don't believe in you. Get rid of the naysayers. Get rid of the people who don't build you up. The people who tear you down. You know what, guys? I don't know why you think marriage has to be forever. You know what? It is a sheet of paper. Get yourself a divorce if your husband or your wife tells you you're a piece of trash. What are you doing with that person in your life? If it's your friends, you need new friends. That's not a friend. That's a foe. Okay? Just so you know. Okay? That is not a friend. You need people who are blatantly honest to you, brutally honest to you, tell you the truth, but love you hard and appreciate who you are. If that's not your friends, they aren't your friend anyway. Get rid of those people. Quit spending time with those people. Kick those people out. Bring good people in. Okay? Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself a coach. Find yourself somebody who can live in your ear and in your pocket and in the backseat of your car and believe in you. But ultimately, you've got to be you. Don't try to be anybody else. I don't try to be anybody else. I try to be me. And it has served me very well for 29 years being me, not copying people, not trying to be like anybody else, not trying to follow the trends. What the heck even is a trend? Okay? That sounds like some kind of disease to me. Okay? And I don't want to catch it. (laughs) Okay? So be you. Love you. Live a little louder. Y'all, my name is Jesse Lee Ward. You can also call me Boss Lee if you fancy I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for the shares, the love, the hearts, the appreciation, all the things you guys have done for me, all the support over the last seven years. I am not delusional. I know I would be nowhere near as successful as I am without each and every one of you. So thank you for pushing me to do this podcast. You can probably start calling me the people's mentor because y'all keep doing it anyway. Y'all rock my world. I hope I brought you some value today. If I did, make sure you rate this and share this with a friend. I will make sure that this podcast is go, go, going super consistently and I will make sure to pour into you. If you have any topics you want info on i'm here to help with that as well have an awesome rest of your night guys or day guys or morning or whatever it is jesse lee ward is out